You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories in the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. I had determined that Alindy was the hero of ages, and I intended to prove it. I should have bowed before the will of the others. I shouldn't have insisted on traveling with Alindy to witness his journeys. It was inevitable that Alindy himself would find out what I believed him to be. Yes, he was the one who fueled the rumors after that. I could never have done what he himself did, convincing and persuading the world that he was indeed the hero. I don't know if he himself believed it, but he made others think that he must be the one. All right, chapter 15 and 16. A boy Sazed. We're back to the Sazed point of view. And um, yeah, it's about eight days since he left Saren, or since him and March left Saren. And we just get this small sequence of Sazed preparing himself for, for his journey and preparing himself to move. And Marsh just doesn't come back because Marsh is not there anymore. And so they've parted ways. And Sazed's like, yeah, dude, he's like, he's a steel inquisitor. He'll catch up. <laughs> He'll mm-hmm. catch up. I'm just going to go on without him. But he goes, all right. Um, uh, I need to pull out. Inf- we, get, we, we learn a little bit more here. I think they've mentioned it a ton. But we get to see how quickly memories degrade when pulled out of a a, a copper mind here because he mentions consistently that he needs to pull out like the geography of where he is to realize where he is what direction he needs to go and he's like oh that memory is fading a lot and so i need to be like really careful and i'm he like writes it down and i want to say there's even a point where he goes yeah these are they're like the copper mines he has now are like his traveling copper mines he says he has like another pair that he they keep in terrace that is like basically a backup copy if he ever has to abandon these because he needs to eventually uh, do what was done for him, which he needs to return back and recite all of his information to another keeper so they can store the information before he dies. So he's like, okay, we can do that. But he ends up finding a village. Um, and this village has like animals aplenty just running around. No one's there though. And, he, and there's like the scent of death. And he's just like, what the heck is going on here? And he finds out... He finds it. He finds all the bodies. There's a bunch of bodies outside of this hovel. And then when you go inside the hovel, it is a skull, like, massacre. And he's like, whoa, there's just so many dead people here. Wait, none of them have wounds. They're all just skin and bones. They starved to death? Why did they starve to death? There's literally animals running around outside. So much livestock, yeah. How do these people starve to death? And then he finds one of them still alive. And he even realizes, he's looking around and he goes, Wait, are those human bones in the middle? They were eating each other. And he finds one one left alive and he learns the mist came out during the day. And not only did they come out during the day, this ska claims that the mist stayed throughout the entire day for weeks. And they were so scared that he said only the skull was like only a few of us left and you know the mist killed some of them some of the skull outside he's like oh the dead ones outside and he goes yeah he goes some of them some skull made it and they called out to us to come out but we weren't going to go out there and yeah this guy this 
village all hid in the same place and just straight up starved to death because they were too afraid to go outside. And at this point, Says is like, okay, this is really bad. We have what Marsh is saying. It is everything. He confirmed that that, you know, the story of the mess killing people is true. I see it once again here. The skull, they're superstitious, but there's no way that they're superstitious enough that they starve themselves to death unless they legitimately saw something. Mm-hmm. And so Says it's like, well, and I, honestly, says it gave me a bit of a scare here because says it, it's like he's like he puts on his pewter mind and he starts walking towards this guy. And I'm like, oh, man, is says going to put him out of his misery or something like that. And no, says it gets his strength, picks the guy up and forces him outside and puts him on the ground, forces him to confront that fear he had. And the skull looks and sees that there isn't mist, you know, ask again why the Lord ruler. Why did the Lord ruler abandon us? And this point says it's done putting up with that that stuff he just straight up goes the lord ruler is a tyrant and he is dead and the skull's like no the lord ruler protected us saved us from everything and now he's gone and the skull runs off and says it's like all right this is bad i need to get to lufadel quicker but thankfully i've saved something for this i stored speed and we get to you know well we don't we don't get to see it but we get to know Says it's about to make a very large travel distance in a very short amount of time, and that is the end of 15. There was not a lot there. There was it was a bit longer in its description of everything, but a lot of it was just description. Essentially, yeah. Um, but we get we learned so much here with these little says it chunks, they're always so short, but like it's really building up. At least, you know, we think the army's bad. But Brandon's already like, you think the army's bad? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Something's happening in the background. And speaking of chapter 16. Yeah, we're going to get to chapter 16. So chapter 16, we have Vin's point of view, and I highly recommend you do this, everyone. But again, don't listen to what Max said before. Don't, don't go to don't go to Copper Mine, okay? Don't you need to be careful. If you own the book, if you you know, if you own it physical or you can listen to it, go back and go through the epigraphs in the book. Just Trust us. <laughs> Do not look it up online. You'll spoil everything. But go back and look through the epigraphs of book one because that is what Vin's doing in this chapter. She's going back through the Lord Ruler's logbook, okay? Who we now know is Alindy. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess they called it the Lord Ruler's logbook. We're just going to call it Alindy's journal now. Alindy's journal. She's going back through Alindy's journal. And she's going back through these the different, essentially the different epigraphs. And I think, Honestly, I think we get another epigraph in here that wasn't ever mentioned in the journal before this. There's the there's this epigraph where it goes a little bit more in depth about after Fiddick was knifed by the mist spirit and Alindy's talking, going like, I'm obviously not crazy. This is a legit thing. It's happening. And now that I know I'm not crazy, I know I have to move forward even quicker. And that's kind of what Vin latches onto because Vin goes, aha, I am not crazy. This the, this mist spirit is not only real, According to Alindy, it wants him dead. And she goes, that's bad because it's watching me now. So whatever this is, it's not a good thing. But yeah, she she ends up determining she is, in fact, not insane. Alindy saw the same thing. It is real. Okay. I don't. She's like, I don't know exactly what, uh, what I'm going to do about this. And we get to switch up to Ellen's point of view. Ellen is just watching the armies now, and he's determining what supply trains they have. And he's like, oh, yeah, Set has access to a cannery um, up up the canal. We can do something with this. And Clubs goes, yep, 
We are officially in a siege, by the way, if you haven't looked around, because the armies, after having both rested and set up perimeters against each other, they just basically split up the, the task of surrounding Luthadel, and they've now officially, officially, officially cut off all in and out to Luthadel with their with their siege. The club's like, congratulations, you're in your first official siege. Uh, you know, how, how do you feel? And Ellen's like, uh, you know, I'm not really, uh, really feeling like, a like I'm a good king. What do you think, Clubs? And Clubs is like, well, you're in a really good position if you're a good king. You have negotiating power against both. And let me tell you, I have found that I've seen a lot worse leaders come around than you. But I've definitely seen a lot better leaders than you. Yeah, him, him, he, he doesn't really mince words. He just, he looks at him and he says, like, I've. Your average I've known, kid. I've known worse, but I've known a hell of a lot better. Yeah, your average kid. Um, and you know, Ellen again with the Kelsier points was just like, you know, yeah, I I need to be more like Kelsier. I need to be someone that can be respected. Clubs, how do I do that? And he goes, well, look at it this way: Kelsier wasn't respected, and Ellen's like, what? And he's like, he wasn't respected until he changed and came back. Until he broke in the in the pits of Hassan. And he goes, well, Ellen, the thing that you need to figure out is, is the siege going to be your pits of Hathson? What, you know, your actions here right now are going to determine whether you can be great or whether you're going to crumble under the pressure and be nothing. Which, you know, in that moment, I kind of wanted to go duh, but like Ellen's like, you know, he, it's, it's honestly a good feeling to hear just straight up the truth. And, you know... I don't think, I think clubs hit it right on the point, right? He didn't hide anything. I don't think he babied anything either. You know, he straight up just said like, you're not bad, but like, you're also not good. You you got to figure something out. You know, you got to either step up or die essentially. All right. Well, she, uh, clubs is like, well, you know, now that we've had our little talk, um, there's this woman here for you and he's pointing down to Twindle and she goes, Tendwell, Twit, Tendwell. Tindle. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I said Twindle. <laughs> Tindle. And um and he's kind of just like uh yeah. Who would have thought that, you know, there would be a woman pushing me around and she'd be terrorists of all mm-hmm, <laughs> of mm-hmm. all people. I think he makes some sly comment of he's like, Yeah, talk about being docile, you know, or whatever docile reading, you know, it's not here. And I was thinking the same thing because I was like, everyone would be like Look at Sazed, you know, Sazed's, you know, out there and doing stuff. And this, this one, she came in laying it down. It was pretty funny. So she's like, all right, they know she's not the Chondra because Ellen's like, she did Pharaoh Kimmy in front of me. And, you know, they can't do that. So we know she's good. She's okay to listen. Uh, we know they can't use Alamancy. Hey, Ellen <laughs> is like, we, we know they can't do Fair that. You know, you know, we can't do that. And, um, yeah, again, she starts talking to him and he starts mentioning things like, well, can I do this? And she's like, listen, okay. Kings do not argue. They command. You don't try to make your point. You listen to other people tell you, like give you advice. And then you make the decision. Stop, like stop trying to get other people to approve of your decisions. And so she's like, we're going to put you in some nice clothing. And they start, he goes fine. And they put him in this, like, uniform is the way he described it like it was like this white uniform and it's like okay well 
I look pretty good in this and it's not going, it's not going to go awful. And he goes, yeah, we need you to dress because we need your dress to reflect that you're in war because you are. As much as you don't want to believe it, you are a soldier. As much as you don't want to believe it, you are a general because everything you do, you're leading armies. No matter what, you might be not, might not be giving the direct orders, but you're telling them whether or not they're going to go fight. So like you are just no matter what you want to think, you need a uniform, you're a leader. And he's like, all right, we're also going to cut your hair. And he's like, no. And she's like, no, we're going to cut your hair. And he's like, no, you're most certainly not. And she gets all happy. She's like, oh, he's finally being assertive. You know, fine. We're not going to cut your hair. And then he looked at himself in the mirror. and was like, fine, you can cut my hair. (laughs) (laughs) But he was looking good. Yeah, he's looking good. They cleaned, they cleaned him up well. And he's just like, (sighs) she's just, again, trying to get him to be more forceful, to give him more of a commanding presence. We talked about it before, how like, it's hard to respect someone who doesn't like take care of their own appearance. It's just the truth. And she's trying to point that out to him. And he's like, you need to also wear a crown. You know, it's going to be wooden. He's like, fine, fine. Just like, leave me alone. And he's like, so what do you think? How am I doing? And she's like, you're still a fool. He's like, but you just told me I look good. And he goes, yeah. And now we can deceive everyone into thinking you are a good king, but you're not a good king. You're awful. And he's like, then what makes a good king? What makes a good king? And she goes, someone who is trustworthy, who deserves that trust. And, he, and for a moment, he actually stops arguing and goes, I think we see we see alike on that one. That's a good that's a good definition. And yeah, that's the end of 16. So, you know, the 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 um, the makeover for Ellen, I thought was really neat. Um, did, did I recall? And again, it's because these these chapters move relatively quickly. I'm trying to recall. They do move so much quicker than the Final Empire. Didn't Demu walk in and go and, and see him? And, and he, yeah. he, it was so striking that it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's true. Like, he, he like he looks official now. Um, and she, you know, Tendul makes really, really good points. Um, one of which is to share this podcast and let everyone know that we exist and give us a rating. And thank you again for all the people who have been following uh, following us so far. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I don't know if she that was her message, but her I message I, definitely was to be more forceful. So good job on that force. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's like, there are, he's like, bad kings don't like and subscribe. Good kings do. Um, anyway, so... And she makes really, really valid points. And it sounds like she's right. I mean, this is external validation that people outside come and see him and go, oh, wow, you're already, you know, this is significantly different. Um, and we always knew, like, um, they even mentioned that, you know, he was always not really taken seriously, even when he was, before he was king, uh, he was seen as kind of not necessarily a joke, but he was seen as like, um, someone not to really be taken seriously because he was just kind of, you know, he was always just trying to get under people's skin. Um, but when Ellen was actually like, hey, I, I do have some serious things um, to point out, no one really took it. And so she's, this actually shows at least, it's like I always say, do the basics. She's like, you're not even doing the basics. You're not standing up right. You're not talking right. You're not walking right. And he's like, I'm not walking right. And it's like, oh, you are not walking right. But at least we can make you dress right. If you're not going to be, if you're not going to make it, we're going to fake it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, again, they're just pointing out like the stark difference between her and Sazed, right? When we're, we were like 
led to believe that Sazed in the first book was incredibly um laid back you know like and i'm no not laid back he was like they it, the among whole the point, crew he was laid back but among, among the, the crew, terrorists he, he was, was a wild he, man he was like an extremist right right and you know maybe you know to the point i still give Sazed the win in the extremist category for mm-hmm. over, for helping overthrow the final empire right but look at look at the way she is she just she does not like like pull punches she is straight up to the point she doesn't care how mean or rude or anything she needs to be she's going to do it to get her point across in such a a, a black and white situation when it comes to Sazed, who's always like i think this is the way we should do things you know maybe maybe kelsier's not that way i think you know and like he's super like relaxed about the way he talks about things we've never seen him you know outside of actually acting did we ever see him like get mad and show a bunch of emotion on the outside we, we're starting to see his inside point of view now right where right. he's getting frustrated but it's never manifested outside right right he he's always been very calm i think the closest thing was literally like what this last chapter where we talked about says point of view like literally what we just talked about where he picks someone and we, throws them outside uh, yeah he picks them up and sets them down outside against their will and that's like the most extreme out like outward uh thing he's done right right um and so like this is you know it's definitely different but i mean you know this is only the second essentially terrorist per- person we've ever met so we all well, actually know the third because we had that unnamed terrorist person in, in final empire doesn't but, count but still you know they're they're usually seen as like pretty laid back like as far as like the way they, they present themselves but she is definitely not um and then you know speaking of Sazed, um we have this mystery thing going on in the distant parts uh, of the empire or the what was the final empire um these ska people like stored themselves up because they were so scared to go outside um because the mist stayed outside and they were killing people um yeah some of them we're not seeing at least you know maybe it just hasn't been reported yet in lufidel maybe they have just too many bigger problems to see it but we haven't had any inkling or any report that scar dying lufidel yet everywhere Sazed goes every new village he goes into scholar like we're getting killed by yeah. the mist and and this was like an extreme example uh, just one of those things that it's funny because i didn't remember this scene you know when after i read it but it's because brandon doesn't focus on it but it's horrifying you know there's this their yeah. bodies and there's the ska guy and he crawls over to get he's about to eat them and that's why says is like okay come on you know and he forces him out out in, into the in space and then he just runs away and again it talks about how the ska are like miss the lord ruler because he brought at least some stability to them whether their lives were terrible or not um so i mean like weird weird things are just kind of happening and the only people that seem to know about it are these people like says who are traveling all the way around so Vin may actually be on to a little bit of something. Well, the one, so, I mean, another mystery comes up as a, you know, as, like I said, when one mystery goes down, two more pop up. But one mystery that's going to be answered in the next couple chapters is what's going on with this Watcher guy? Hey, everyone. Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com 
slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.